Remember being patriotic? The flutes and drums, the stars and stripes. I could see Jefferson signing the Declaration of Independence. I could see continental soldiers with muskets in hand, tall and proud. Washington crossing the Potomac and our greatest generation storming the beach at Normandy. America. Well, if I'm being completely honest, I barely do. You know what I mean. It's just a reality that largely there are those that fly the flag and express their patriotism and those that don't. You know who you are. I'm one of the ones that don't. It's just a general frustration with how what I see around me oftentimes doesn't look like the world that I want to see. And I guess it's my patriotism that's on the receiving end of that frustration. But anyways, like I was saying, remember being a patriot? Well, today I bring you the voice of a patriot. Meet Paul Engel. Hello, Ben. How you doing? Why am I not hearing you? Because my sound output is going... Paul is a patriot. He's an author, speaker, and started an organization called the Constitution Study. And what is that about? Well, listen to Paul tell you what it is in its most simplest terms. My God, why don't we study the Constitution the way my friends and I study the Bible? Now, remember how I talked about the type that fly the flag and the type that don't? Well, again, I have a feeling that there is the type that hear that and are eager to hear more. And sadly, I think there's another group that already has an idea of what they think Paul is all about and have heard enough. Hell, let me go for the gold and more clearly define the two groups. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land. I had all the tools to defend myself should someone come The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall It was never to protect the state from the church. My other passion is I spent years studying That mass mandate is not what we meant. Not on Facebook because they booted me off. I am on Twitter. What am I willing to do? Do I have you all divided now? I'm thinking so. Well, to the one group, I'd say, yeah, stick around. Let's listen to Paul. Let's find out what he believes, the world that he wants to see, and why he wants to see it. And for the other group, I'd say, stick around. Let's listen to Paul. Let's find out what he believes, the world that he wants to see, and why he wants to see it. Really, stick around. It can't hurt to listen. So again, here's Paul, and off the bat, I like him. He's my first interview for the podcast, and I'm excited to hear what he's all about. I actually started, I have a, I spent 30 years in IT. Right. Uh, I had everything from writing software to help desk to, uh, you know, troubleshooting, implementations, projects. I spent the last uh, almost 25 years as a systems engineer in data centers doing large computer deployments and designs and implementation. So that was my skill. That was, that was Paul's got a sensibility. I like um, about him. There's something about him that reminds me of one of my best friends growing up. Turns out he's from New York state. If you take I-90, the last exit before Massachusetts, I lived most of my life within 10, 15 miles of that exit, right in the foothills of the Berkshires, right on the Massachusetts border. Yep. Columbia County. And has now since moved to South of Nashville, Tennessee. And if one big part of him is his analytical nature and career, another part is religion. My other passion is I spent years studying the Bible. A believer at 18. And while studying the Bible, there was a verse that stood out to him. My favorite Bible verse actually comes from the book of Acts, chapter 17. 
where it says this, this one group of people called the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they listened to what was said and went back to scripture daily to see if it was so. Now, I'm not the biggest stranger to the Bible, and that's a new one for me. It's not a bad one to hang your hat on, right? I mean, it could have been Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. But it's not that. It's this verse from the book of Acts. It sticks with Paul, and it's this whole idea about listening and trusting what you hear, but verifying it. Paul tells me Reagan said it. The maxim is, dovii no provii. Trust, but verify. <laughs> I know, I know. Of course it's Reagan. But again, I don't think it's a bad piece of advice and something to be a voice for. You ever hear of fake news? So it's starting to come together now. I think it's getting clearer to see where this guy's coming from. Trust, but verify. The Constitution study. Now, let me just add another dynamic to Paul that I think most of us can relate to. Later in the interview, I asked Paul if he was always political, if he had a sentiment that he might someday be lending his voice to something like studying the Constitution. Well, not exactly. He spoke to a more undefined feeling regarding the political state of things. You know, just a notion that maybe things weren't quite right, but didn't really understand fully why or what to do about it. The problem I, I always came up with was what is actually wrong? You know, why, what is wrong? Why is it wrong? You know, it was always this impression. It was this, it was this idea because, uh, you know, for example, Congress passes a law. And I go, well, that's not a good law. Why? Well, I don't like it. It spends money that they shouldn't. I, I had this very amorphous understanding of why it was wrong. Plenty of us can relate to that, right? So let's make the connection. Let's see where this all really gets political and turns Paul's voice into the voice that it is. I'm listening to a podcast and I heard the first historian in my life that did not put me to sleep, a gentleman by the name of David Barton. He quoted one of the founding fathers that I, I, if, I, if they taught me about him in school, I honestly do not remember. A gentleman by the name of John Jay. He said, every member of the state ought diligently to read and study the constitution of his country and teach the rising generation to be free. By knowing their rights, they'll sooner perceive when they're violated and be the better prepared to defend and assert them. You catch that? There it is. That's where it comes together for Paul. Just like that verse in the Bible stood out to him, this John Jay quote stood out to him. John Jay was the first justice of the Supreme Court. The guy's a founding father. And again, all he's saying is that we should study the Constitution so that our rights can't be taken away from us. Now, I have to mention, putting this episode together, I Googled that quote, and what do you know? Right there at the top of Google's results was Paul's website, The Constitution Study. Nicely done, Paul. Thanks for that. Now, to me thus far, I haven't heard anything yet that makes me want to disregard Paul off the bat. I could see the steps he's taken here, and they don't seem crazy. All he's saying is that we should read and study the Constitution so that we know our rights, making it harder for them to be taken from us. Anyone being a voice for that so that I can be the voice that I want to be is all right by me. So what did Paul do? He pulled out the Constitution. I took that as a challenge. I had never actually sat down and read the Constitution. To the segment that I keep speaking of that might be dismissive of Paul, I feel like I almost have to defend the merits of heralding the Constitution. I mean, I haven't revisited or thought about the Constitution in any in-depth manner in decades. I'm guessing most haven't. I asked Paul, too, does this thing hold up? 
we realize that the Constitution is the supreme law of the land, that it supersedes even acts of Congress. Well, we know where he stands, but but I keep hearing this voice. Trust, but verify. Let's do that. Some of you know uh, I'm a lawyer, but I also taught constitutional law uh, at the University of This is then-President Barack Obama being interviewed by two child journalists for Scholastic News. And so it sets out uh, a model not only for our democracy, but also for how uh, each of us have certain individual freedoms and certain rights uh, that can't be broken. Okay. Obama says it's a worthy endeavor. If you're one of the ones who wanted to dismiss Paul off the bat, you have to give him some credence on this point. Obama said it. So let's study the Constitution. Hey, do you know about the USA? Do you know about the government? Can you tell me about the Constitution? If you dive in, the Constitution isn't a giant document. You can read it in about a half an hour. Studying the Constitution is not hard. You don't need a law degree. You don't need a special training. It's written in English. Free copies are available everywhere. And while there are the obvious hot button topics, the right to bear arms, cruel and unusual punishment, freedom of speech, I'm not going to get into those. We know those. They're debated enough. And largely at this point, it's a matter of interpretation. The aspect of the Constitution that Paul kept coming around to that I don't think I had realized or hadn't in decades was the structure of power. I think if Paul found out anything when he started studying the Constitution was that what he saw around him didn't look like anything what he was reading in the Constitution. Things are a little upside down. That's what we have to get into, because I think it is this interpretation of this fundamental aspect of the Constitution that really provides an understanding of a voice like Paul's. It colors so much of what Paul is a voice for, and not only Paul, but so many others that if I were to divide us into two groups again, you know who you are. So what is it about this structure of power? Well, the way Paul sees it is that the federal government is where the power lies in this country, while the real power is supposed to lie with the states. He's talking about federal overreach here. What do you think the biggest misunderstanding about the Constitution is? Uh, that all power is vested in Washington. It, right. it's, it's amazing to, to, to now, as I see it, to realize that... Um, Washington, D.C., and in many cases, the president has is treated as if they're the source of all power and the resolution for every problem. Now, upon first considering this, it seems to me that issues largely are being debated and resolved on a national level. The question is, is it not supposed to be? Not the way Paul sees it. Let's let Paul give us a little history lesson here. It's the 18th century. Uh, We've just declared independence. We now have 13 countries. Yes, they're called states, but we also had the state of Great Britain, the state of France, the state of Spain. They are countries. They have all the powers of a country, but they're small. They know they can't survive on their own. They understood from the beginning they'd have to find a way to work together. That does sound familiar. I remember that now. This is a union of states. So the way Paul is reading it, maybe he has a point. He's saying that the federal powers are supposed to be enumerated and limited, and the state's powers are supposed to be broad and undefined. Federal government was to focus on foreign issues while the states dealt with domestic domestic issues. It's kind of wild. I'm not sure I ever really looked at our system that way. Paul tells me it's Article 1, Section 8, where exactly what the federal powers are supposed to be is outlined. And there's that voice again. Trust, but verify. So I check it out. 
they are definitely defined and enumerated. Ask Paul if he thinks there's room for interpretation there. Not unless you're a lawyer. All right. That I just had to throw in there for my lawyer sister-in-law. But anyways, looking at it, I don't really see much room for interpretation either. There's a list of 18 powers, and they're pretty specific. I won't do a deep dive here, so go check it out. There's stuff in there about setting up courts, the post office, money, the high seas, foreign affairs, lots of stuff about waging war, of course, and the one about taxes seems to be about the only one leaving some room for interpretation. And Paul has an argument for even getting too broad with that one. If there's any ambiguity, any areas where we're not sure, well, they're supposed to go back to the intent of the people who wrote the law. And as it turns out, we don't have to reach too far to get some of that insight. Paul can give us another history lesson here. The Federal Papers are essays written and published in New York newspapers to explain the Constitution to the regular people. It's true. And they were written by the same guys who wrote the Constitution. And furthermore, James Madison, one of those same guys. And after serving as president, ended up in the House of Representatives. And there was what's called the Cod Fisheries Bill. And he spoke on the floor saying, listen, if we meant general welfare to be whatever Congress thought would be good for somebody, the rest of the Constitution is means nothing because we've given Congress the ultimate freelance power to do whatever they want. That's not what we meant when we drafted it. So that's it. That's the angle that is going to make a voice like Paul sound a lot different than so many others. And I don't think Paul made a big leap here. We followed along. His logic seems sound. And looking at things this way has shaped so much of what he believes and stands for. Most people that... Uh, that start studying is changing their attitude, not only about their rights, but about their government and um, the role it is supposed to play in their lives. Now, the point is, you don't have to agree with everything that Paul is a voice for, but doesn't it help us better understand where he's coming from? And I have to admit, considering it and allowing myself to look at it that way, some of it sounds kind of neat. Could it be that he is onto something? I mean, consider... If we don't look for or expect all of our issues to be resolved by the federal government, we look to our states. It brings us way closer to home and the communities we live in. And wouldn't that make us engage in a more meaningful way? I mean, that's grassroots, right? We're oftentimes told that if we want to solve things, that it's best to start at our local level. If that is the case, is it not better to take a step back from asking the federal government to decide how we live and instead look at the communities closer to us? I'll tell you, talking with Paul and considering all this, I may want to investigate the idea some more. A union of states where the people of each state decide what kind of world they want to live in, all tied together and strengthened by a union that embraces the diversity of ideas and beliefs of those 50 states. On the surface, it sounds pretty fantastic. Can the case be made here for letting Texas govern the way that it wants to govern and letting Florida decide how to handle its affairs? Maybe not, but maybe. Doesn't it make the idea sound a little less crazy than the way it is usually phrased by so much of what we listen to? Can it help us better understand someone's zeal in regards to their stance on authority, hierarchy, and order? Paul has certainly done his homework. He trusted and verified, and I'd say he went a step further than most in considering what's going on here and what we want to do about it. Can most of us say the same? Does it not seem like we are largely divided into two groups and hurling whatever insults and talking points that wash over us at each other? The American people in many ways have gotten lazy. We simply sit back and let information flow into us 
and never verify whether or not that source is accurate. Maybe that is where we can all benefit the most Trust, when listening to a voice verify. like Paul's. Trust, but Trust, verify. Trust, but verify. If we do that with the core of Paul's beliefs, we can see he wasn't pulling any fast ones, and we can easier see why he is the voice that he is. Does it give it more credence? To those that want to dismiss it right off the bat, doesn't it at least make more sense why he is the voice that he is? And can that make it easier to work with Paul to create a world we all want to see? After all, we do all have to work together, right? If we even go a little deeper to the core of what Paul believes, I think we start to see that it probably isn't too far off from what most of us believe and want to see as well. He's just coming at it from a different angle. You go back to the Declaration of Independence. Why did we say goodbye to Great Britain? Why did we thumb our nose at the most powerful military in the world at the time? And you know, most of us remember the beginning of the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And if you think about it, that's what, that's what I want for the next generation. As I said, I have a daughter and she's gonna live in whatever me and my generation leave her. I want to be a place where you're right to live. You're right to be at liberty, to, to do what you want without external influence, except as is necessary for the safety of society, where you're left alone unless absolutely necessary, where your ability to pursue your happiness, not to have happiness, but to pursue the things that you want to do is so protected. I look at those going, that's what I want. Right now, I would just love to see a country that is a little more free than it is today, where, where rights and liberty are not only understood a little bit more, but respected a little bit more. When I was a kid, there was a saying we had, I may vehemently disagree with what you had to say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. That's the world I want for my daughter. That's Paul's voice. That's what he believes. That's why he believes it. And that's the world he wants to see and why he wants to see it. Is it that far off from the one that we all want to see? I know it doesn't sound different than the one I want to see. 